Hey everyone, welcome to Print and Ship at episode 14, the podcast talks games and making games. I'm Chris from Madison, Wisconsin, and with me, of course, as always, from a long hiatus from the city that manufactured and developed Tonka trucks. I haven't heard that one before. Cities. Happy, yeah, New, happy New Year, Chris. Apparently that's what it is. Yeah, Happy New Year, Adam. How's it going? Good, going well. Tonka trucks, though. We're, yeah, apparently. Wow. I, I assume that's what the Minnetonka I guess. You know, they have yeah. Minnetonka sandals, I think. are. I never put two and two together. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a lot coming out of the Twin Cities. It's a nice word. That area. It rolls off. It, yeah. It really does. It's fun to say. Yeah. Minnetonka. So it's 2019, I, and we're back. 2019. To we've, we've taken a little break. Finally. Um, but Survive the holidays. Hopefully, we've had, had at least some, a chance to play some games in our break. Is that true? What, what have you been playing, Chris? Yeah, I played a couple games. Um, one that I kind of like to highlight is one that I picked up at Gen Con this last year and finally got it to the table probably about two months ago, uh, maybe a little over a month ago, um, a game called Crows. It's actually technically listed as Tyler Sigmund's Crows. Okay. Who's Tyler? Um, um, actually, that's really, that was kind of the joke of Gen Con because I think someone made that on a, I mean, made that joke on a podcast, but um, apparently Tyler Sigmund is like a... Well, <laughs> Not apparently. Tyler Sigmund is a uh, pretty well. Oh, I say he's a, a video game developer. Um, I think one of the biggest things he's known for is Darkest Dungeon. Okay, yeah, I've heard that. It's got a really cool art style. I tried playing it. It's just not for me. But um, you know, it, apparently this is his variation of this um, game called Crows, which existed. Uh, I forget when the original one was made. I guess I could have been a little more prepared, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's a really cool game, and it, it, the best way I like, you know, like, I, if I had the pitch, I'd say it's like, it's Carcassonne meets birds, I guess. Um, it's birds. I yeah, guess. it's a, it's a it's a tile placing game, but every time you place tiles, there's a possibility that crows will spawn, and you have little meeple crows that you fill the board up with, and then um, each round, everyone places an obelisk on the board after they've placed a tile. So you're building the board every round placing a tile placing your obelisk on a tile with obviously there's rules um on where they can be placed and then each at the end of each round the crows fly towards the closest obelisk in a straight line mm. so you you're forced to try to like place your obelisk i mean turn order matters where the last person may have an advantage and go oh i'm gonna place it here and now they're gonna fly all these crows are gonna fly to me versus flying to you um actually i think we played this right we played this when you were in town yeah 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 i'm i'm, I'm not trying to act like I haven't played it, but I'm just trying, I'm rem- yep. remembering it, right? And so yep. these crows fly to the obelisks. If you did really well, you get a murder, and the murder then spreads them out on the board for, for the next round, right? Yep. And every time you get a murder, you have to li- like pretend you hear DMX saying murder. And no, wait, job rules says murder in your in your ear every time. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's this cool game where you're trying to. It's like an area control esque type. It's area control, but it's like per round almost. Like here's the board. Try to control where everything goes. I guess it's not really area control anymore. It's more of a short term. I'd like to you know see. I'd like to look up like what they define the mechanics as. I, I guess the what mm-hmm. I would define it as is like if you think of like. Um, like magnetism or something like that, you know, yeah. uh, closest to uh, the point. Um, that's kind of the yep. mechanic they're trying to go for. So you look down um, the X and the Y axis on the board, the crows that are closest to or, or on that axis and closest to you go mm-hmm. to your obelisk. And so if you're in, in a tie position with another obelisk on the other side of the board, you will um, you'll split half the crows each, basically. Yep. 
Yeah, and then they, they add cards in, which is really cool. That lets you do different things like, oh, double the pay. I mean, double the value of the crows that you're getting this round. Or So then you kind of find the rounds where you're going to get a big amount and play that to score even more points. Yeah. So um, and- it's 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 a really clever game. It, I really The reason I liked it and I think it stood out is it's, it has a very dark art style on the box. Like when it's like the box is, um, I'm pretty sure it's only black and white and maybe... Um, a little bit of red. I'd have to look it up again, but yep. um, it kind of has that art style that just, I mean, like that all really dark art style, but at the same time, the game is very light and easy to learn. Cool. Yeah. Did, did, do you know if he does the art too or just the game design? Uh, I think he just did the game design. I think it was a different person who did the art. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. But actually, the cool thing is um, I feel really bad not remembering the company's name, but they're across the way from us at Gen Con and um nicest guy um who runs that company and um they it was the, the one conversation that i remember having with them is that they have a very different um gen con approach than us it was like two of them for the whole convention it was very funny He's like how many you guys got here and i'm like oh like 12 he's like holy cow i'm like yeah <laughs> we go big uh, um so but how about you adam what so you the company's called junk spirit games from that did tyler sigmund crows junk spirit games oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, and they have a lot of other really cool games yeah. I highly recommend checking out. So, I, so. I, I like the game, too. I thought it was neat. I, I will probably pick it up at some point. Um, so the game I, I want to talk about today is called Reef. And Reef, let's see, who is this designed by? I think it's someone pretty prolific. Sorry. That's not, is that the blue-orange one? It's blue-orange okay. and... Emerson Matsucci. There it is. Okay. I get that one so confused. Reef, with, what's the other? This is this is going to sound like like the Moana games, I call them. Like, they're the game. Like, <laughs> here is the ocean. What is that other game called? Um, that's very similar. Uh, whatever. The recent Kickstarter one, you mean? No. It, uh, probably recent enough. It was out at Gen Con last year. But sorry, go ahead with me. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Back on topic. So, game's called Reef. You're basically building up um, coral in your reef. You are stacking um, a colored shape um, on other colored shapes, and you're trying to score cards. Um, basically, you either I think you either take a card that you can use in a future round to claim um, or and or score with. And so it, it's got this really kind of really simple um, planning mm-hmm. phase that you're trying to say like, oh, I you know I want to be able to acquire red reef tiles. And then that's going to allow me to score coral in, in this orientation or in this pattern. So there's like a lot of pattern building. Mm-hmm. There's kind of building up as you go. Um, I thought the, you know, I, th- I thought the gameplay was a little bit heavier than um, the components. Look, the components kind of look like a kid's game. Interesting. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if they were going for that or not. The components are nice, but the the visual aesthetic is very different than what like the, the cover of the box looks. So I think like, Everyone that I played it with kind of had this this kind of like uh, dissonance uh, with with the, it the feel like a reef play versus the kind of the theme and like the beautiful portrayal on the box cover. Yeah, um, it did not feel like a reef. We might we could have been building gears. We could have been you know kind of it it felt more abstract than that. Sure. Um, but man, like the gameplay was really neat. And and if if there was a game that I I would like to um, put my own you know, my own touches on, like, mm-hmm. I, I think if, if they reprint this again, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure, I, I'm sure they'll think about addressing it or address it, but man, they could, they could have made this game just 
just stand out on the table and look just beautiful because the components, the comp- the quality was there. It just, it kind of looked like a, a kid's game based on the colors and the shapes mm-hmm. they chose. Well, it's kind of funny because yeah. that's what a lot of kids game, like a lot of like kids as toys would look like, right? Like little color, brightly colored gears and gear shaped items. Like, yes. And, but like, that's like, that's like ages like three to six or something. And this yep. I think is going for a high, it, 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 the gameplay is definitely higher than that. When so. the box looks like, I mean, doesn't make it look like that at all. Right. No, the, yeah, the cover. Yeah. So it, it, very interesting title. I, I'd like to play it again. Um, I probably will pick it up for the meetup. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good, good meetup game. It, it's got a lot of, a lot of strategy. Um, it's, it's one of those like kind of quiet games, kind of like a splendor, but like less so. So, uh, but I'd like to try it again. So yeah, that's reef, um, by blue orange. Sorry, not blue orange. This is next move. Okay. I think blue orange makes the other one that I'm thinking of. Um, so we're going to uh, pop into our topic. We don't we don't have a pitch this week. Um, I wasn't I wasn't asking very hard for pitches, but um, if, if you have a game idea that you, that you want to bounce off of us, um, please send in your two minute audio file uh, and we will play it and react to it and give you feedback at, uh, on it on the air. So yep. Adam at Adam's Apple Games to send that pitch. Um, but we have a topic. We're just going to recap from 2018 and look at 2019. This is kind of a New Year's show. Um, and it's going to be a little bit Adam's Apple Games focused, but we'll touch on um, some other things that I think you you know get get you thinking on along along the lines of like how to make a good 2019, right? Yep. So so what was like like high points from 2018? Like for you, Chris, what was what was big high points? Um, I think a huge one for me was obviously our convention um, coverage yeah. this year, being at Gen Con. I always, um, but also being at going to Europe and going to Essen was pretty insane. Um, with Gen Con having Swordcrafters launch there and selling out, I think that was a huge thing for us. Um, but then going to Germany and picking up um, not only just um, selling Swordcrafters and um, truck off, but like seeing like the European board gaming community was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was really interesting to experience that, right? Like to, to dip your toe in the overseas market. I, I think, you know, we, it was very, um, if, you, if you listen to the Essen episodes, it was very interesting to us to kind of um, launch for the first time in, in you know, mm-hmm. in Europe and, and just see how that goes and see how it resonates and, and kind of also co- compare and contrast it back to our Gen Con experience, which now we have, you yep. know, a presence and people kind of expect to see us there. And and uh, yeah, it was really, it was really neat though. Essen was was an incredible experience, a total bucket list for me. Yep, totally worth going. Um, so I'll take the next one. So for me, checking off. Um, so so first off, this year we we had um, enormous support from the the industry um, media coverage in the industry. Yep, so especially going into Gen- going into Gen Con, going into Essen. Um, but coming out of some of those events too, uh, we're able to um, you know I don't want to say land reviews, but like. Um, get noticed. So going into, into Gen Con, we, we yep. were able to get noticed by uh, Sam Sam Healy on a Dice Tower Top 10. Um, he he launched a great review after the convention about it as well, about Swordcrafters mm-hmm. uh, Expanded Edition. We were able to get in touch with Rado, and he was excited to, to, to make a video about Swordcrafters. So that was the first time really working with him. Um, and that was that was really cool. Um, Beast of War made a video as well. Like there's some really, really big name um, people in the industry. Again, we, we had a post on Geek and Sundry. Uh, so, I mean, 
and and, yep. we, and we had like so so kind of mentioning the top tier ones but then we we also had a ton of mid-tier and and a ton of really you know new exciting um, up-and-coming people. people this is the first year we kind of tapped into the influencer scene and i think mm-hmm. that um is something we're going to continue to do because man the amount of coverage that you get from from someone who's just excited to like you know take something that looks beautiful and make it look beautiful in their own style it's just it's phenomenal yeah honestly i think two of my favorite coverages this year um was from a smaller uh, like a fan like I, f- oh, I forget their name but they're um it's like a family coverage they do like a, the family yeah, view on um, games or truck off yeah yes yes that one was really awesome gorgeous um and then the the instagram with um I feel really bad. I don't know people's names. Um, the sword, the the picture where the dude is holding the sword. It's like an amazing photo. Um, oh yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's Travis from Canada. He did. Now he does. Yes. He's a publisher. Um, man, I forget what his publisher. Um, what his company's name is. But we'll talk about but, him more. So so um, we yep. uh, we kind of met up with him at SN and we exchanged games with, with him and he seems just like a great contact going forward um, to, to continue to network with and just really friendly. Yep. He just offered to like take super high quality photos of our stuff and man, yep. they look incredible. Yeah. I honestly, I think that's probably one of the biggest things of this year. It was networking, right? Um, we were able to kind of talk and connect with like group, like different groups of people, new groups of people, um, influencers, as well as different publishers to kind of share information as well as like, um, Rudy Games and um, while we were at Essen was amazing just kind of connecting with this other oh, group yeah. of people that like know that scene and we can share our information with our scene and honestly like that's one the biggest thing um, I know it, um, it can be hard but really just put yourself out there and just be willing to like kind of share information with people because totally. you're going to learn so much totally. um, that's Travis from Mackerel Sky Games and they make Doxy Dash yes. and they, they're, I think they're coming to Kickstarter with another one um, looks really neat this year called obelisk um so i want to give them a quick little plug so uh you let's see we got the next one so we released to uh to the hobby in january of this year it seems like it's like so long ago but this is our first time getting full distribution into um into the board game hobby and, and industry so we had um you know we had surplus print run of brew in usa and truck off at the time mm-hmm. and Hey, companies were still or retailers were still really excited to to purchase that because they they saw yep. it as a strong product and like they did have pretty strong Kickstarter, you know, um, you know Kickstarter events and they had pretty strong showings at Gen Con and like I think the industry it, it just shows you that people are listening right they they don't just um, they they don't just let let some titles that are selling go by right and we we have data like yep. you know we know how much they're selling so. We're like, well, is anyone going to buy it? It's like a year old, right? You know, but I think people were still excited that Adam's Apple Games was getting distribution in the hobby. So that was really cool to see. Well, I think a big part of that is um, a lot of those shops, I mean, like having a booth at a place like Gen Con was huge because a lot of those uh, people that come by are also storefronts. There are people who run a store and there are people who've seen a year after year after year, like, oh, I saw this last year. I saw this this year. Oh, now we can actually get it through this. And that was a huge um, thing. It, it really built up the credibility of um, us in our yep, games. for sure. You want to take the next one? Uh, yeah. So I think a huge one is the the test placement. Yeah. Um, so having tar- um, Target and Barnes & Noble um, carry truck off. I mean, that's just insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was mind-blowing, huh? 
<laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where, I mean, obviously um, Target's getting really good at the hobby um, style board game. They, they're relatively new in the last few years, but like to be in a store like that to go, hey, we want so many copies of this game. It's like, oh, okay, yes, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, it, it's just like more eyes are going to see the games that we yeah. make. Um, and that is that's goal, extremely valuable. That's the goal. Like, yep. we, like we're just trying to make fun, uh, fun things that, that a lot of people can experience, and, and we think we think yep. we do a pretty good job of it. And you know, we, we everyone has room to grow, um, and we have a lot of ideas to put out there, right? And and, and we see yep. good people good make good ideas, and and we want to bring those to life. And we see great artists that are not in the industry. We want to bring that to life too. So I think it's just it's really growing the industry and and putting our stamp on on games. So I think. Getting it into Target and Barnes and Noble, man, even if it's test placements like that is that was incredible. That was cool. Yeah, and realistically, I mean, um, that's totally another thing that sparked uh, coming out of Gen Con. So I guess maybe like, and that was two years ago now. So maybe my best advice is go to Gen, go Con. To Gen Con. So <laughs> make sure you look good doing it too. So yeah, you know, uh, another big one this year. That this again seems so long ago, but we actually still ran the Swordcrafters Kickstarter in uh, February of 2018. Um, we were, yep. we were hoping for, um, a splash. We, we got, um, we were funded, so that was excellent. Um, and we just did our best to, to create the, the best product that we could make. And then we knew that once we did that, people were going to see it and say, this is incredible. This is really cool. And so we just kind of stuck to our yep. guns. Um, we had some really interesting moments, uh, where we had to relook at our marketing plan and re kind of retest our thesis. And say, yep. why isn't it not performing? Why we think it could perform and how can we do better and all, all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, we're talking to um, another publisher who is really interested in the game and is trying to like buy it off of, you know, off of us at the same time. So yep. like, there's a lot yep. of emotions going on in this Kickstarter. But again, coming out of it, just every time you make something, every time you fund something, it's like, and then actually deliver it. Uh, holy mm-hmm. crap, is that an incredible feeling? Like I get scared literally pressing those ship buttons, but <laughs> it's it's you know it just it kind of dawns on you it's like oh my gosh like everything we worked for this year is like getting yep. sent out tonight well and, and realistically i think um one thing that was really surprising to us i mean we we kind of went to kickstarter thinking like i mean i'm not to be cocky but we're like oh this is gonna do great this is gonna do great and like adam said it kind of um underperformed our expectations but I think one of the things that we really knew was like, we kind of, like you said, we stuck to our guns. We knew this game was going to do well. And after, um, now that it has been out, it has been doing yep. well. So it's one of those things where um, Kickstarter is super important for a smaller company like us. But at the same time, it is not like the the sole, like Lone Star guiding how well a game is going to do, right? Like define, there's so many other It doesn't define market success. It, it can set up market success 100%. And yep. like a lot of times it does, sure. but I, I don't think, again, I don't think it defines market success. And like these, these games have a, a long lifetime and the, like going in going, looking back at sword crafters, that was one where I, I, I said it and I'll say it again is like, it, it may be possible someday that a company is formed that is just supported by this game alone. Like it's so different and unique and interesting. Now, yep. who knows if that'll ever happen, but like, I think you just keep pushing that that idea, that concept, and keep innovating on it, and and we'll see where it yep. goes. But um, it it has come to life, and it has it has resonated, I think, um, with a lot of people. So I mean, the amount of like positive feedback we've gotten from it um, has been en- enormous compared to Bruin USA and Truck Off, and those those have had tons of positive feedback. So this one is like, yeah, you know, just trounced them. Yeah, I mean. Um... 
this year has been, I mean, as like a recap of the recap, this year has been um, a whirlwind. I mean, obviously we've been around the world for this game at this yeah. point and the game um, is selling around the world, which is pretty crazy. But I think r- realistically, um, it, it just really feels good to say like, hey, we made another one. It's out there um, and people are enjoying it. Like that's what it's all about. It's a huge deal. You know, and as a small publisher, right? Like you only have so many hours in the day. You only have so many days in the year and, and only have so many days off of your other job. (laughs) Like you have to, you have to really focus on like one project or two projects or whatever it is, you know, like whatever your bandwidth allows Mm -hmm. and, and just, just make sure you can be proud about that one and make sure that you, you pick the right one, you know, the one that's going to take some risks and um, hopefully get the, the, the results you're looking for. So, for sure. So um, that's 2018, and man, uh, 20, was it a fantastic? Let's let's not worry about the past; it's the future, it's the future now. So what what do we got coming up? So let's stay on subject. So Kickstarter is a, a big thing that's approaching. We um, we are going to be on Kickstarter in February. Hopefully, hopefully the last week of February um, with, with Kickstarter for our new game mm-hmm. called Thrive. We've talked about this game and about the theme um, and about um, a little bit about the gameplay uh, of it here and there. Um, really quick pitch for the game is you are um see we have a pitch we, here we, it is we have a pitch oh my gosh now you me on the spot. <laughs> i'll critique you i'm just I'm kidding read the website okay <laughs> <laughs> all right here. insert sound clip <laughs> now <laughs> okay so so the pitch here's the site loading time okay uh, thrive is a board game where you play as one of two lotus flowers competing to control the pond be the first to capture all but one of your opponent's seed pods and win this game of tactical decision making. Oh wow. man, you took so my breath it's, away. It's about lotuses and the artwork's freaking <laughs> gorgeous. Um, the pieces, yep. the componentry is super unique. It's like um, it's like a, a square cribbage board, and each player has six of them, and you mm-hmm. peg placements to determine where you can move. And man, is it, it, it just, it's so simple to learn, so smooth. And so, but so, so much like it's so fulfilling when, when you do things in that game. So really excited about this one um, to hit, to hit Kickstarter. We're actually working already on an expansion for yep. it as well. So um, the art is beautiful. Um, we're, you know, putting all that together and hopefully we can do an episode um, that goes, that does like a top to bottom Kickstarter checklist. Uh, all the things we need to prep, all mm-hmm. the things we need to prepare oh, sure. and, and like who we want to, to you know i guess how, how do we prepare for a kickstarter kind of thing in the real time i think it'd be really cool so sure. and then our, our mid kickstarter <laughs> sure. panic episode well, you know, this, this is a different game right so this is not a this yep this is an abstract new, new game, project so you always have to start at completely different new market game. so we're, we're trying to always learning on the fly yep. as we go um so so that's the first thing that's coming in for 2019 we're excited about it what else we got chris um, another one that we've been working on for a little while, and we actually um, had demos of it at a couple of conventions um, in the last year, is a game yep. called Planet Unknown. Um, this is a really interesting game. Um, not to spend the whole time pitching our games, but the the really quick um, way that I would pitch this game is that each player has a planet in front of them, like a, a large grid-shaped planet, uh, I mean, round with a grid on it. And you are placing um, almost like... T- Tetris, but a little more difficult than Tetris pieces onto that grid, trying to build out the best possible. Um, I don't know what the, what the right word is. I don't like say. Um, right? um, like you're developing, developing your planet. 
Yeah, that's the best layout of colony. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's like a colony. Um, and it, it has this wonderful space theme, but um, I think the hook of it is that um, everyone play pretty much plays at the exact same time. On every turn, you have this lazy Susan in front of you um, that spins around, and you have your section in it, and that um, other everyone else has their own designated section. So when you're taking a piece, everyone else is always taking a piece. So it plays very quickly. Um, it has some beautiful um, theme to it right now. Um, we are still trying to nail down the art. Um, but it is a project that we are very excited about, and it's probably um, our first. It's a I, don't, I call it bigger yeah. game, but I mean this. This, this is going to be yeah. this is going to be a big box game. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to be as big as like a Dinosaur Island yeah. type thing, but it's it's close. It's not going to be far off from that. So, super excited about this. This is a co-design yeah. um, with myself and Ryan Lambert, um, and yeah, I mean, ugh, it it takes all the boxes. This actually was my my favorite game of 2018. I, I went back and saw all my games. Dude, I'm just can't saying. can't say that. Okay. I'm just saying. The favorite game to play. Like, I, I think like... Um, my top three games. Planet Unknown, Swordcrafted, no, Truck Off. The other five were not Adam's Apple games, actually. Um, Planet Unknown was... was okay, up, okay, so. good. Okay, well, it's I think the, that's uh, just being um, so I'll take the, I'll take, take the next item, so... Uh, conventions this year yep. so we're um, we're always looking at new conventions to go Hitting to this hard. Year we're going to be attending gamma for the first time gamma is in reno and not las vegas this year um, we're going to be there with, with our own booth as a publisher yep. um, meeting with a lot of retailers and so hopefully just continuing to grow our exposure and um, you know our presence in this industry right and so um, I think big opportunities, big opportunities to show our, thri- our our final product to thrive at that point because people will be interested in it because it'll be it'll be fresh and new. And I think mm-hmm. maybe even time to start, you know, leaking some information about Planet Unknown as that kind of comes down the ro- the road. We're going to be at Gen Con. Um, Essen yep. is still TBD this year, um, but we're leaning toward yes because it was fantastic. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, I think um, S, I mean, Gamma, um, we'll try to do a show post yeah. that because that's going to be new for us. So just letting people know how that went and um, lessons learned. From yeah, that would be, I, I, I think, think so. Great, Maybe so. we can even record from Gamma. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, even cooler. Um, next up is a new thing that we're trying out this year is the double exposure team. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but this is a team um, that we, I, I, I don't say like contracting out, but we've signed up with and it, they have people from like around the country who will take our game to different conventions, right? Yeah, conventions uh, or board game stores or meetups. Um, so essentially, it's like a, a, a large team of uh, volunteers and volunteers that will get games for free for spreading mm-hmm. word about them. Um, and I'm I'm excited about it, man. I I've heard some really good things from other companies that that utilize them. Um, you know, it's as a small publisher, it's it's tough to spread the word. It, it's always been tough yep. to spread the word. It always will be tough to spread the word, but having people in different cities that, that you can uh, tap into to, to help you do that, I think is just something that like, it, I don't know where it's going to go, but maybe it's going to go really far. So um, we're excited yep. about it. We're excited to be, we're excited that they're excited to work with us as well. So um, just hopefully growing that and, and building that relationship. And hopefully we can come back at the end of 2019 and say, that was a great experience. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think one of the biggest things is um, obviously it's easy for me in the Madison, Wisconsin area to sh- talk, like show people our game and you in twin cities, yep. but like 
we don't have someone in like Alabama or <laughs> where, like anywhere else like show someone, hey, this is a really cool game. Yeah, so we're so um, we're regional focused right now. We're such a regionally sure. focused. Um, and I think when, when you look at the coast, like I, I even look at like the states that we ship our Kickstarters to. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, there's so many people in California, right? There's so many people in like New York, right? These big yep. population areas and like very low number of backers in those in those areas. And I think it's just it's just it speaks to the people that play the games really like them. And those are the people in general that are in the Midwest because that's where we are. So, um, but you know, we're going to grow and we're going to, we're going to expand. And, um, well, and this is a step into that, right? This is this, well, that's why we're, we're doing this. Like the, this, this is a, a way for us to grow beyond that. This is an investment is the best way I'd, yep. I'd position this. And so it, this is not a cheap thing to go and say, you know, Hey, you're starting, you don't, you don't have a game yet. Um, go and, team up with double exposure no um you want to make sure that you you are very serious about getting into this because it is not cheap to join but i think that you know hopefully the return on investment is going to be good so we'll see man we'll let you know yeah yep so we have some so we have some news that i really want to leak but we can't quite leak yet for our two prior titles truck off and sword crafters um super exciting stuff coming for truck off uh, and we're buying a food truck. Super exciting stuff coming for sword crafters. Um, we, we bought a sword. And again, <laughs> most of this stuff is like, you know, it's like 90% baked. And so hopefully uh, things happen. Yep. Um, yep. You know, we're just, we're putting our, our beans in the right basket, hopefully. And uh, hopefully we can uh, spread some new, cool, exciting news uh, coming in 2019. So look out for that. Yep. And then um, along those lines, another thing that we're uh, trying to look into is as we grow our gaming catalog and realize that some of our games um, like a brew in USA are out of print, um, trying to look at like the feasibility of a reprint. So I think that'd be a really cool episode for us to do an analysis on in the future, like saying, hey, it would cost this much. And is that worth it? Like obviously the different steps that would go into making that decision. Yeah. And we, we have reprinted once we, we have reprinted truck off, um, but, but we knew that yep. we had, you know, kind of commitment to the, the amount of copies that we were going to be able to sell. So I think that was a lot less of a decision where a brewing USA reprint, yep. we don't have, uh, we don't, we don't have the hard data to say that, you know, we could sell mm-hmm. even half. Do we do a reprint? Yeah. Are we that company? Do we not do that? Do we, you know, like there's all those questions that you have to ask yeah. yourself and, there's a lot of ways to approach that problem. Um, and I don't want to call it, I mean, that, that good problem to have, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's something to for us to be considering in the next year, for sure. Yeah, and, and I think some exciting news to add on that, and this we can talk about too, is we, um, we're we still developing Taproom take, Takeover right now at this yep. point. Um, it's it's coming along. Uh, we, we put it on the back burner for a little bit, but it is still coming along. And uh, we, we actually have a new game now in the Brewing USA world that is even further along, I would say, than Taproom Takeover. So that one might actually yep. beat Taproom Takeover to the market. So the Bruin multiverse is taking off. Yep, quite the Bruin well. multiverse is taking off. Um, I still am a firm believer that, you know, craft beer and board games belong together. They are a marriage. Yep. Uh, and so um, let's make more craft beer board games. And plus, I think Ben Rossett over at Panda now has two craft beer games out or maybe three. So um, I I feel like there's a little bit of a competition that I need to to, to set up. We need to show back up in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I maybe need to like send out like a little challenge letter to say who can make the most. Oh, there you go. Craft beer board games or something. A brew, who can make the most? We'll be cranking them out. <laughs> Plan, planet Brewing Unknown. Yeah, Brewing Unknown. 
brew and thrive. Okay, so um, let's wrap up real quick. But before we do, do you have any kind of resolutions or goals for the year? Um, what do you got? I think mine is the easiest one. Um, it's just learn from what we've like use what we've learned in the last year. Yeah, we we've done a lot. We've been to a lot of places. We've gotten a lot of feedback, and I just want to do my best to capitalize on all of that going forward. So if that's as simple as like, hey, if this word was bolded in a real set, it might be easier to understand or list it out this way or that. And like, there's just a lot of different things that we've learned in the last year that just help, um, that could help the overall um, goal of just getting more people to understand what we're doing and enjoy what we're doing. Yeah, I like that one a lot. For me, it's, I always set up like two or three like marketing like avenues that I really want to go down. So I'm not going to kind of release those yet because I, I'm not confident or hundred percent confident that are going to happen. But in general, it's just like be more consistent with um, the way that we market. So for, for instance, like yep. make sure we blog um, more about the stuff that is, is relevant people want to read make sure we podcast consistently um, look into leveraging um, things like YouTube or Facebook live um, or Twitch. Uh, and then maybe, maybe the biggest thing of all is, um, and I don't know if you want, you want to hear from Adam's Apple games monthly, but, um, just continue to, uh, crush that monthly newsletter. So, uh, mm-hmm. it, it has become like a quarterly or less frequent. And I want to really get it up to a much more frequent thing. Cause we have a lot to say, uh, we just need to put it on yep. paper, uh, in the moment so that, you know, we, we can, you know, share the news. And I think, man, every year is going to be more and more stuff, right? Yep. There's always more. Yep. Which is, you know, what it is in the best way possible. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Is, is that what I'm trying to say? A never-ending solution or something, you know, like a problem without a solution. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I guess I just want to say thanks, everyone, for coming along for the ride um, for the last couple episodes in 2018. Hopefully 2019 um, stays as awesome as 2018. And, um, oh, if you got pitches, send them in. Yeah. We, we, want, we want to hear them. Yep. And also, if, if you just have any general questions, feel free to shoot us emails with questions. Um, we're always happy to kind of discuss or answer um, anything that you might have. Any questions you might have. To, um, we have a podcast guild set up now. So over at Board Game Geek, let me see if I can find that really quick. So people can actually ask oh, questions. Nice. Here we go. Guild 3432. Those are pretty good numbers that you can remember. So print 34, it and ship 32. it. 34, 32. Question 34, 32. Print it and ship it. Uh, Guild, <laughs> um, you can ask questions there. We'll answer. We'll read them on, on the show um, and answer them on the show. So, yep. That'd be great. Yep. Awesome. Jack them. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Jack them. <laughs> <laughs>